Now that we've learned more about internalization from Katie Frost, it's time to talk about a new tool that recently came out for actually doing oral Bible translation projects. It's called Audio Project Manager, and it's a free program that anyone can download and start working with right away. Nathan Payne is going to walk us through what the software does and how it can be leveraged for oral projects. I'm Andrew Case. This is Working for the Word. Let's get started. So I've worked with Render for a while now, and it still has a lot of drawbacks for oral Bible translation. One of the biggest ones is that it's not freely available and you have to jump through a ton of hoops to get access to it. The interface has a lot of annoying quirks, especially for consultants, and it has very little flexibility. This is where Audio Project Manager comes in to give people a better option with much more flexibility and freedom. Nathan Payne, who is going to help us understand the software, was born in Peru to missionary Bible translators who worked in the jungle with the Ashaninka people. He met his wife Katie in high school and attended Texas A&M where he studied chemical engineering. He and his wife later studied linguistics after feeling called to Bible translation. After some field work, he moved into training and consulting. A few years later, he became the SIL America's Area Storying and Orality Coordinator, and in 2020 became the SIL Oral Translation Services Coordinator, giving direction to the organization's involvement in storying, OBT, and other oral strategies. He currently serves as Director of the Oral English Bible Translation, Spoken English Bible, and Oral Exegetical Tools Project. APM stands for Audio Project Manager, and it was recently rebranded. It used to be known as SIL Transcriber. And so the the first part of your question, why did SIL feel the need to produce it, started because originally teams were using Render for oral Bible translation, but were wanting to have a written component to their workflow. So a lot of teams would export their draft once it had gone through peer review and community check. And then would export that and transcribe it into paratext and then continue working from there. So the, the, the consultant interaction would happen around the, the transcription in paratext instead of the audio in render. We felt like, it actually, it actually wasn't me that was part of this decision making, uh, though I do think it was a good idea, but felt like that the, it would be good to be able to make that connection more seamless. And so SIL Transcriber was a way for render to be connected with paratext. And then over time, as teams, well, so Transcriber was a way to manage files, to record, and then transcribe those and sync it into paratext. Over time, people started using it for for recording and managing the files, which is something that Render already does. So it was kind of just a, an evolution, a natural evolution. People started using it for some of the things that Render was already doing. So we added more features to it to make it be able to do that well. 
And I would say a couple other reasons that we felt like it was the a good direction to go to produce it, even though render is somewhat in the same arena, is it can do storying well. So render does well for oral Bible translation, but not necessarily for storying. Uh, but Audio Project Manager can can do that really well. Another reason is that APM, you can customize the workflow. So uh, a big complaint from Render over the years has been that you, you have to do things in the, the order that Render wants you to do them. I saw a demo recently of Render 3 where they are fixing that, which is very exciting. But uh, So that was another reason was to, to be able to have the ability to customize the workflow so you can you can create the workflow of what order you want to do everything of uh, initial drafting back translation community check consultant check all of those things can happen in in whatever order or however many times and you can jump back and forth between things uh, another reason is to make the written component of the workflow be more seamless so if teams want to use render but have a written component to the workflow, they have to export that that audio and then type it into to paratext and it it's not a very seamless process it can it can be kind of clunky and so for teams that want to have a written component this this can be a much more seamless solution than render and and paratext. And then I, I think a, a final reason is Audio Project Manager allows you to set up the project as you go. So render, say you decide to do Luke, someone has to decide what all of the sections or sets and passages are and what verses they come from and add all of the resources that the, the team needs to internalize uh, ahead of time before you even start. Audio Project Manager allows you to build that as you go. So you, you could start in on, on Luke chapter 1 and add the first section with a passage and then just start working yeah. and then add the second one and, and just kind of build it as you go. And as I understand it, there's this other advantage that you can put your own audio into Audio Project Manager. So for uh, as far as the source text and in another language, if you have an audio Bible that you have permission yeah, to use, yeah, that's right. you could just drop it in there, right? You can actually break it up into sections and passages too. You can upload all of the chapter, which like Luke chapter one might typically have seven sections in it. You can upload the whole one MP3 file for the whole chapter and then in APM break it down into the sections and passages that, that you want the team to be uh, drafting in. Yeah, as opposed to Render, which only has certain audio Bibles that they've gotten these kind of global licenses to use um, and may not have something that you prefer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you have access to it, you can add it to APM. That's great. So let's walk through the, the functionality for those who are new to this software. And by the way, could you tell us, you know, if somebody wants to jump on their computer and walk with us through like visually what what the software is like, how do they do yeah, that? Yeah. So the 
the website that you can install it from is it's on software.sil.org slash audio project manager. But if you just Google SIL audio project manager, it'll take you to it. And then uh, there's actually two ways to use it. You can, there's a, a desktop program so you can install it and use it like you would word or, or render or paratext. And then there's a, a browser version where you open up Chrome or whatever browser you want to use. And uh, it has almost all the same functionality either way you use it. So if you're wanting to just jump in and open it up, if you go to that, that website and then click the Get Started link, that'll take you to the, the browser version. And you can you can log in with a Google account or a Paratext account, or you can create an account. Any one of those three will get you right in to start using it. Everyone who's listening at home, they can jump on there, see the interface. And for those who aren't looking at the interface, we'll do our best to give you a kind of overview description of what kind of features are there. So yeah, let's let's walk through the functionality in detail. Okay, yeah. So if you've opened it up, the, the first thing you see is the, the team and project view. So I, I have my screen set up into four different teams that, I've, uh, that I'm a part of. And uh, these are people that are collaborating on a project or multiple projects that are in their, their workspace. And you can, so you can share with any number of people that, that you want to have access to the same projects as you. And so like I have mine, uh, English OBT team that I'm a part of. And then under that, I have four different books of the Bible that we have worked on or, or are working on that are like cards across the, the middle of the page there. So uh, I can open one of those and it takes me into the the project so i've i've opened up the ruth project that we're working on now an english oral translation of ruth and it now shows me the table view of all of the sections and passages in this project in in ruth here um so a, a section is like a a broad uh, a higher level part of the book and then a, a passage is a lower level so like we have Ruth 1 is the first section and then it, it's broken down into two different passages inside that section from this table view I can play one or and I can also see what book it comes from what the references are and then a, a, a description cell that tells some more information about the the passage a number of different ways to get this set up. Like I was saying before, you can build it as you go, or you can, the other option is to paste it in from a, a spreadsheet or something. So if you're wanting to set up multiple projects in multiple languages that all follow the same breakdown of sections and passages, you could create that in a spreadsheet and then just paste it in. Another thing that I want to point out here, if I go back out to the the team view, I can edit the the workflow. So this is the 
the process or the steps that a translation team will take a passage through from initial internalization all the way to exporting it to be used in the community. Uh, and this is a, a vertical list of those steps and I can add steps or remove steps. Uh, I can drag and drop them into diff whatever order I want and then also customize steps like what the input for transcription can be the vernacular or the back translation language. Uh, so lots of options in how to customize the workflow. So then let me jump back into the Ruth project. If I click over on the left side, I can jump into actually working on one of the passages in Ruth. And along the top right now, I have all of the steps of the workflow that I edited earlier. So set up an internalize, record, compare, transcribe, all of those customized steps. As I work on passage, doing any of those steps, I'll progress from left to right. And then on the far right would be the export, the last step. Uh, let, me, let me just bring up a couple of neat uh, features that I, that I really like that this program will do. So one is in the recording step. There's three different ways to record that are, are really useful. So one is the, the built-in recorder. APM has its own recorder that you, you just click record and uh, start talking and it'll show you the wave file as you're recording and then stop and you can edit it. You can cut out parts or move things around. Uh, you can also upload audio. So if someone that's not there with you wants to record the draft, they can email it to you or, or WhatsApp it to you. And you can upload it right into Audio Project Manager as if it was recorded in the in the program itself. And then the last one is integration with Audacity. So if you want to have more advanced audio editing features, you can just click one button, launch Audacity, and then if it's the first time you've opened that for this passage, then you have to create the project. But once it's created, Audio Project Manager knows about that Audacity project and can pull it back into Audio Project Manager once you're done recording and editing it in, in Audacity. It's really neat to have the, the more advanced editing features of Audacity. Sure, and for, for those who don't know what Audacity is, it's an open source program for both Windows and Mac for audio editing and recording, which I actually use to produce this podcast, so highly recommend it. Another neat feature is the discussion tool that APM has, and you can use this for the team to discuss things in a team review step or a peer review step where another team that is that speaks the language would give input to the translators or a pastor review step or consultant review step whatever whatever workflow the team wants to use you can discuss individual things in the in the recording using the the discussion so like i have ruth the first part of Ruth chapter one open right now, and I can highlight 
a section of the wave file and then click my little plus button over here and record a comment and then it's linked with that section of the wave file for the team to listen to or or the team could record comments for the consultant to to listen to so it's basically like google docs but with audio with waveforms being able to highlight a section and write a comment but record a comment instead yeah yeah that's a good good way of thinking about it and so uh before we move on i'm just curious you said you can go straight to using this in a web browser. If, you, if you're using it in a web browser, where are these files being stored, uh, saved? Uh, how are they getting shared? Where, where, where does that happen? Yeah, so the, it's all stored in the cloud in an Amazon web service bucket. I don't understand all the technical stuff, but an S3 bucket is what they call it. So... Audio Project Manager knows where how to put all these things into the Amazon file storage and then how to pull them out when it needs it uh, or or to share it with other people. But it's it's all securely held in a an Amazon storage space. Right. And so this could be used in a secure location or a sensitive location as well without any problem, right? Yes. And sync across across the web um, with your team. Correct. With no yeah. problem. That's awesome. And and when when I'm recording these files, is this recording raw wave file? Like I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I like technical audio stuff. So are we talking like forty four point one hertz or what kind of quality? Is it straight to MP three? It there's a toggle on the record screen if you're recording in APM between compressed or uncompressed, and so. Uncompressed is the 44.1 raw wave file, and compressed is actually a, an AUG Vorbis compressed format that's supposed to be slightly, slightly better than MP3. Yeah, I think the other feature of the workflow that I would highlight is back translation. So there's several different ways to do back translation in APM. Uh, you can divide the the passage into a number of of lines and then let a let the back translator listen to those are are your hearers familiar with back translation am i am i using a term that's known okay so play a line of the of the passage and then the back translator would uh, give that in the language of wider communication and you record that and then work through the whole passage that way and then that th- those audio recordings of the lines of the back translation are what what the consultant could listen to to give feedback to the team. Uh, it can also be typed, so have somebody that speaks the language of the of the draft and the language of wider communication tell it verbally, but not record it, and then you can type those into boxes in APM that would then end up in paratext. Or you could also transcribe the vernacular, the draft, in in the language and then do a written-to-written back translation like written translation projects typically do. Uh, so all of those are options and APM can handle all of them just depending on how, how you want to set it up. Is there a way in APM to have a text display 
somewhere. If I'm I'm working with a, a version and I, I want to see that on my screen somewhere in the in the interface. Yeah. Both for the the resources, like the the inputs for internalization and the draft itself that the team is producing, both of those can be displayed if you want to. Okay, so I could also have like a reference of some notes that I've made for, you know, whatever I'm recording. It's a, a PDF is the way to do it right now. Uh, they're they're talking about adding other options that are editable in the program, but right now it can handle PDFs. So you would you would make what other whatever visual inputs you want the team to have access to when they're drafting, and upload that into APM as PDFs, and they can view it. Okay, so go ahead. Is there anything else that you'd like to highlight? Like if somebody wanted to to start a new project. You talked about going into projects you already had started, but if somebody's starting from scratch, how would you advise them to set that up? I think the easiest way is to just build it as you go. So there's a plus to create a new card for your team to work on. And it, if you are opening it for the first time, it, you'll have to do that to, to just to create a project. But So when you create that plus... There's options for, is this going to be scripture or non-scripture? So a storying project would be non-scripture. OBT would be scripture. And then also options for how you want to configure the project. Is it hierarchical? So sections and then passages within those sections or flat, which is just would be just like a list of stories or passages in a chapter, but not under sections. Uh, so all of those are, are things that you can decide when you're creating the project. All I think all of those you can make changes to after you've created the project as well. Once you've selected those options and created the project, it'll give you a blank table view of the project, which is just a list of sections and passages or, or just passages if you're doing the flat view. And then you, you can start adding titles and verse references if it's a scripture project, descriptions if you if you want that, and then jump into the workflow and start drafting and recording and back translating and all that and go from there. And then when you finish the first one, create add the second story or passage and just create that table as you go. Okay, so... Let's say I'm finished with a passage and I want to tag that so that it will sync with um, the scripture app builder and follow along with the text as the audio plays. Can I do that in there or would I need to do that separately outside of the program? I've never done the syncing the audio and text in scripture app builder. So I, like, if you have a recording that's eight verses, there's not anything in APM where you would tell it where the verses start and stop. So I guess that brings me to the next question. How many people are working on this software currently and how often is it getting updated more or less? I know the updates on Scripture App Builder and such are pretty aggressive. They're doing a lot of stuff constantly. So how's this going? Yeah, there's two people that are working on it full time and then I actually meet with them every Friday morning and we talk about future f- features and bugs and adjustments and all, all that stuff. I don't know the total number of 
part-time people and I know that they they'll like hire people to do to add new features to it. I mean, I would guess 10 to 20 in all working on it. New updates are released. It seems to me like it's about once a quarter. You know, they they're adding features as they go and then have a a test version that they're always working on, but then as far as cleaning all that up and making a new release for the public, it's it's about once a quarter. Great. So what kinds of things are in the works? Are there any exciting new features that are coming our way? I'll talk about three new features that I, I think are going to be really exciting when they come out. The first one is shared resources. So it, this is a feature that will allow projects to share what they are producing, allow one APM project to share what it's producing with others. So, for example, we have an English oral Bible translation project that we are are working in and finished Jonah earlier this year and uh, Ruth is really close to being finished. And so when those are ready, we can click a a toggle in APM and those are available to any other projects that are using APM. No, there's no need to export and import if they just open the shared resources part of the internalization window, they can have access to those. And so I I think that'll be a really neat feature as more and more of these shared resources are, are finished and developed to just be readily accessible to teams that are doing uh, oral Bible translation or, or storying. Yeah, that's a great feature. So it's sort of like people learning from each other, getting ideas, also inspiration for you know how people are doing other projects. Yeah, it could be resources that are, are translations themselves in majority languages, like, like the English Oral Bible Translation Project, but then also exegetical resources, which w- there's another project that I'm a part of that's developing those. So to help oral Bible translation translators understand, you know, what what is this name Yahweh that I keep seeing and why is it always rendered as as Lord in the written translations that I look at? And we're, we're making kind of podcast or story-based exegetical resources for oral translators to have. Uh, And then that'll be accessible in the shared resources part of APM. Uh, So another feature that we've been discussing, but that'll hopefully be implemented uh, next year sometime, is integration with, with scripture use content. So Right now, when you finish a, a section or a passage and want to have it ready for people to use, you have to export it and then do something with that MP3 or AUG file. We are in the process of developing an app that would make that more seamless to where if the consultant has approved the passage for distribution, he or she or an administrator maybe would would click a button and it would be available in a, a scripture use app. So something like Bible is or... Oh, um, okay. What's another... U version? Yeah, like U version would be directly integrated with apps like that. And 
and not require exporting and imp- importing so that a, a team that has say even just two chapters of Luke ready ready for distribution click a button like a publish button are, yeah 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 so like incremental publishing publish publish early publish often but for audio content okay okay that's really neat yeah that one's exciting also statistics so right now you can look at the table view and kind of get a picture of where the project stands as far as what what's been drafted or or peer reviewed or consultant checked uh but we're it's in the works to add a statistics view so that you can see that the the project is 67% done or you know 34% have been drafted or or whatever the statistic is well, cool. How can people pray for or give towards this project? Does it need any funding in any way, or is is that something that people could do? It is fully funded at this at this point from every tribe, every nation. E ten. Praise God. Okay. Which is yeah, it's nice to have that that dependability that the project will will continue. As far as what to what to pray for, it, like just that the the word would get out. We're excited about this and um, it'll be neat to see more and more people hearing about the software and, and starting to use it. I think it has, it has so much potential for oral Bible translation uh, to happen well and, and quickly and to get, get God's word in oral form out to the, the oral communities of the world. I think just also pray for the, the developers there's only two of them working on it full time and they do a great job, but it's a a lot of bugs to squash and new features to add and yeah. uh, pray that they would continue to be able to do that work well. Thank you for your ministry in this area. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.